welcome to the College Football Bros April Fool's Day edition. And now, here are your hosts, Sarah Stinson and Allie Reams. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman's girlfriend, Sarah Stinson, and I am joined by Trey's fiance. Hi there, this is Allie. Hi. <laughs> hey. Uh, so before the bros start talking their college football, they ask that we give a top five list of why we love the college football bros. But because it's April Fool's Day, instead, I think we'll run down the top five reasons the college football bros suck. Does that sound good, yeah, Allie? Sounds, that sounds great to me. <laughs> Great. So we'll start with number five. And this is the only one that's not football related. Uh, They are extremely picky eaters. Just the worst. The The absolute worst. (laughs) Um, I think one really big example that comes to mind is when we were driving out to Palm Springs. And we were playing a fun little game between the couples of the boys testing us on our knowledge of mascots and football teams. And then we were quizzing them on vegetables. Yeah. And I think we did a whole lot better than they did. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. I think some of the ones that I remember that were the best that really stumped them was uh, garlic. I think that really got Trey. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it did. I think he thought it was a mushroom. (laughs) (laughs) And I think both of them were really stumped on um, artichoke. Yeah. The artichoke really threw them for a loop. They had no idea what that was. I'm pretty sure one of them thought it was a tree. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that's that's definitely not what it was. Got to give them a little credit. I guess they don't usually cook as much, so maybe they won't see it before. But, you know, some people just eat these things, so therefore they know what they are, but <laughs> not these boys. Nope. And then uh, Ryan's pretty famous for his ketchup hoagies. <laughs> Which is just <laughs> foul. I mean, really. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. It just sounds gross. It's pretty nasty. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, no seafood. Right. Of course not. I think no, is no, no, a, no. a Newman family thing. I, I learned that on our first date. Absolutely no seafood allowed. Yeah. <laughs> not even shrimp? No, no, not shrimp at all. No. <laughs> no. Uh, so, number four on the reason to the college football bros suck, uh, no fall weddings allowed. So, uh, as you might have picked up, Trey and I are engaged, and growing up, every little girl dreams of her of her wedding day and what it might be like, and mine was a beautifully crisp fall day. It was going to have maroon and dark orange, and it was going to be beautiful, uh, until I met Trey, and he informed me that he would never get married in the fall, <laughs> and not only would he never get married in the fall, I have to check with him and the game schedule when we get invited to a wedding in the fall. So not only can we not be married on my perfectly gorgeous October day, but really, if other people do as well, it's we might not be attending. Yeah. Yeah, that's really crazy. I had not even realized that was a thing. I didn't know that there's a whole season that's written off from from weddings. <laughs> right, of course. And, you know, it goes into bowl season as well. So it really takes up quite a few months of wedding planning opportunities. Yeah, that's that's pretty frustrating. Um, <laughs> so number three, um, I would say that this is, is pretty big. They're so invested in these games that when their team loses, we actually um, can expect a complete silence. <laughs> complete silence. Afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Uh-huh. Right around the dinner table. Not a word will be spoken. Everybody's Mm-mm. just sitting in mourning, uh, <laughs> re- really upset over the game and what we could have done better. And um, one of my very first dinners over at the at the family's house, there was a big loss. And we sat in silence. But, you know, I just kept trying to make small talk, but nobody uh, nobody else was having it. So <laughs> that's when uh, I learned. You look over at Cindy and she gives you a little shrug like, well, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. It's, it's something I've learned to just, you know, when we, when we lose, we just keep silent. Yeah. That's, I definitely experience that on my end too. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So, so number two of why the college football bros suck. We can't have a single peep of background noise during recording nights. (laughs) Not a peep. You can't cook. You can't take a shower. You can't open a door. It needs to be absolute silence. Yeah, no kind of just like when the teams lose. It's just full circle yeah. here. <laughs> Which I can also use that as my excuse for not vacuuming, doing dishes, anything 100%, else productive all the time. I don't, well, that sinks full still because I couldn't do the dishes during recording. Yeah, I've actually not been able sometimes to. Uh, Go to the bathroom. <laughs> no, there was a time when I was using the oven to cook because I wasn't allowed to use pots and pans. And it, the house got so hot that I'm pretty <laughs> sure our thermostat was at like 80, but I couldn't turn on the air because that makes noise too. Mm-mm. So really, it's... And God forbid a timer go off or something oh. in the background. Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So we've also heard about Ryan. He records in the closet. I've actually seen it. It's pretty small, <laughs> but that helps. Whatever it takes. <laughs> I've heard you have a, a pillow fort over for Trey. We do. Every single pillow from our bed is <laughs> in a pile, um, in a stack, actually, just creating a perfect sound quality room. Yeah, it's dedication. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, and then number one, uh, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, um, but they ignore their significant other during football season. So good luck trying to make any plans on Saturday. Um, and if you actually can get them out of the house, uh, you think you're having a conversation with them and then you realize they've been looking at their phone for the past 10 minutes and are not listening to a word you're saying. Yeah, we got scores to check. <laughs> We've got games to watch. And what I've what I've been told is, you know, even when there's not a game of, of importance on, there's always a game on. Yeah. So no matter what, there's something to be watched and we're going to watch it. Yeah. Yep. That's true. And then you think maybe you can wait till the end of the game if, to get their attention on something. Well, not if their team lost. Mm-mm. No. Oh, no, because then it's nope. silent. Yep. We don't talk. No, we don't nope. talk. <laughs> it's kind of nice sometimes. You get a lot of alone time. Really get to yeah. <laughs> do whatever you want during the fall, except get married, of course. Right. No weddings. Right. No weddings. <laughs> yeah. Well, so there you have it. Those are the top five reasons why the college football bros suck. If you need any more, though, like I, I'm here for you. So yeah. <laughs> we can always keep going. Yeah, we have a few more. We'll save that for another time. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, let's bring in the boys now. All right. All right. Thanks so much to Sarah and Allie for starting out the show for us. I assume there were many, many compliments thrown our way. But yeah. They, I mean, they love us, don't they? I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So I'm sure it was just a whole love fest. So <laughs> yeah. can't wait to listen. Uh, but we have to now get to your ideas to improve college football. So it's time for an episode of College Football Shark Tank. Shark Tank. 
Who are the Sharks? They're self-made college football experts whose combined net worth exceeds $13,000. Michael Newman is a shrewd analyst who made his college football fortune by citing Rufus Peabody and Bill Connolly, often without attribution. Ryan Newman has become the dominant voice in the college football podcasting world among those who record from their coat closet. And Trey Newman, the self-proclaimed king of matching, is the elder statesman of the tech and an outspoken opponent of fall weddings. All right, Ryan, Trey, are you ready for our first pitch? Absolutely. Let's do it. I'm ready for this. Okay. First into the tank is a man with a plan to speed things up. Hey Sharks, it's Dave from San Diego, and I'm here to propose the newer, faster college football game. I'm offering a 25% stake for $2 million at an $8 million evaluation. My proposed changes include eliminating all clock stoppages on first downs and incomplete passes outside of the last two minutes of each quarter, and reducing the halftime break from 20 minutes to 15 minutes. I look forward to your offers. Thank you for your time. Wow, there are some uh, strong, strong suggestions there from Dave. Yeah. Uh, I'm on board with a couple of those ideas. I think I can, can follow along there. St- you know, stopping the clock on, uh, on a first down. Yeah, I can, I can. If we stop doing that, I'm okay with that. Um, it's like the NFL does it, so that's what we know it works. Um, but the incomplete passes thing, that's where it's you kind of lose me I, I don't think i could give that up that would really f- make the game short i feel like if we, if we did that yeah that would be that'd be kind of that'd be a big change so but then the halftime thing 20 to 15 i'm cool with that so if we take the the incomplete passing thing off the table then and i'm i'm investing in that all right so it sounds like maybe you want a controlling stake there maybe offer him 51 percent so you can get rid of that incomplete pass rule uh, yeah exactly i mean he'll probably <laughs> if i invest i'm sure he'll probably consider my counter (laughs) i'm sure uh i agree with you uh same answer so the average game length right now is three hours and 24 minutes getting that down closer to three hours i think would be a good idea why not so yeah i'm i i will invest as well i'll be right there with you yeah i think college games go a little too long uh and it, it is maybe a problem with the sport if there is any the nfl has a system where you look every sunday the games are pretty much exactly three hours. College needs that, so I'm 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 on a, agreement with uh, with your guys's points. But I'm going to make Dave a different offer. I'll, I'll give him a million dollars for twenty five percent. But yes, oh, wow. the clock the clock will have to stop after incomplete passes. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you, Dave. I hope you're uh, happy with those offers. Uh, who's next? Next into the tank is a creative entrepreneur with an idea to save the Pac-12. This is Bobby from Portland. I think the Pac-12 needs some Bill Walton on the Pac-12 after dark calling. We uh, are focused on Larry Scott. What we need is some Bill Walton. All right. So I think after after this offer, I might not be able to make another investment for, for the rest of the episode because I'm giving all of my money to Bobby from Portland. Wow. Because <laughs> this is an amazing idea. So obviously Pac-12 After Dark already kind of has a little bit of a meme element to it. You know, people get really excited about it on Twitter and online. But if you get Bill Walton involved, 
he's eating candles he's doing crazy stuff then yeah <laughs> i feel like twitter's gonna explode and it's gonna make what sometimes could be a boring game into must-see tv so i'm investing everything i'm all in oh so, wow. i'm I'm going to go the opposite route. I oh, he's polarizing oh. amongst people. I personally think he's funny and and because of how outrageous he is and you can tell he's smart uh, in his own outrageous unique way. Uh <laughs> but his lack of football knowledge might drive me nuts uh and <laughs> he already doesn't break down his own sport basketball. So over the course of 3 of a 3 hour game, I might I might get tired of it. It would be semi entertaining for a little while. But I enjoy Pac-12 After Dark without Walton, so for those reasons, I'm out. Oh, nice, Ooh, nice, man. Michael, you putting everything you got into this is. Uh, I mean, if you wanted to go fifty-fifty, you know, and yeah. just make it even between us, I would, I would go with you. But okay, yeah, if you did that, then we're good. But also, I is he going to be like the only color commentator, or are we going to be able to have him as like a special, you know, third guest type of thing? I, let's say a third guest, and maybe not every. You know, every Saturday night, but just right a couple times a year. How about that? Perfect. Then, then I'm then I'm on board. All right, sweet. We got a deal. We got a deal. Uh, okay, who do we have now, Sarah? Now into the tank is a fourth row who would like a wholesale change to the college football playoff. Hello, Sharks. This is Braden calling from Michigan. My proposal to improve college football is to expand the playoff to 2014 teams, a la the Obviously, there's been talks of playoff expansion, and I think that the FCS has perfected this model. My other proposal is to get Michael off the podcast and replace him permanently with Sarah. I think that this is something we can all agree would greatly improve the college football world. Okay, first of all, Braden, <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to counter your offer of, of getting Michael off the podcast. In fact, I will just, I'm just going to pay you money just, just to do it. I don't even need it. Wow. I don't even need a stake. Just, I'm just going to give you my money. No, Thanks no. A lot. Thanks for the support, Trey. Yeah. And you, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, but no, as far as expanding the playoffs, it, it's a, uh, it's the a, what? it's a, the gr- what? The playoff. Ooh, man. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, man. Oh no! <laughs> yes, the playoff. Wow, I'm not I, making any deals with you, Trey. I don't even like it when people say playoffs, and I just did it myself. So no, expanding the playoff it, it is a is a great idea. However, I believe that you're offering or proposing to expand it too much. So I'm going to counter. I propose that we expand the playoff, but only to six or the maximum of eight teams. Going to the L, full FCS model will truly reduce the importance of the regular season in my opinion trey i am completely on board with you um i like i like it eight would be i think that'd be a good number if you're gonna have a playoff i mean four doesn't even seem like a playoff it to me it just how is that it's not a tournament at all i mean it's at least got to be six but i I would prefer eight if we're gonna set call it a playoff so um i think michael's probably gonna agree with this here so if uh, we can get all the sharks on board I think we could all get a, a one third percentage of this. Yeah, we got we got all the sharks on board. I'm I'm on board for eight. I'm not on board for being replaced on the podcast. I just want to kind of make. Oh no, no, fair. that's let that be known. But that was an obvious answer. But you're right, though. I I think it's funny how reticent the college football world was in general to expand the. Uh, well, I guess some people weren't reticent, but to expand the the championship from you know two teams to a four team playoff. But but you're right now. 
four teams, it really does kind of seem like not enough. And what playoff is like that anywhere? No, no, that's just weird. Right. And there's only so there's only three games there. If we expand it to eight, you've got seven awesome games, seven games that mean a lot at the end of the season rather than, you know, three bowl games that that actually matter and a bunch that don't. So. So, yeah, I am I'm on board with expanding it to eight. But like you said, Trey, 24, it's just like it just it'll totally diminish the regular season. So I'm out on that. I'm happy to be out on both of Braden's offers. So so, yeah, let's just steal his idea and uh, make it eight teams, though. Yeah, that's absolutely. Fun. So we just we don't invest in Braden. We just kind of do it ourselves. We start our own company. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the idea, Braden. What's yeah. he going to do? <laughs> What's he going to do? Sue What's us? What's he going to do? <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you, for the, thank you for that pitch, though, Braden. Uh, let's move on to our next pitch. Next into the tank is a familiar voice who wants more football. Hey, college football bros. This is Allie from San Diego. I'm calling to present you with my idea on how to improve college football. So I think what really needs to happen is a longer season. Why just go September to January, right? Why not September to May? So we're still going to give the players the summer off, uh, for games at least, but let's get them playing all school year, right? Who wouldn't love to watch more games? We'd have so much more football to talk about. Plus, it'd give more players a chance to play. Maybe we have some superstar hidden on the bench, and with more games, it gives everyone a little bit more playing time, right? So win-win. Bonus? Think of how many more mini pigs in a blanket we would get to eat. (laughs) So there's my idea. What do you think, Sharks? Hmm, Allie. Well, I'm sensing a little bit of sarcasm there. Just <laughs> definitely sarcasm, sarcasm, sarcasm. Is going off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but even if she was serious, no thanks. Uh, we all love college football, uh, but that, that would just be too much. It wouldn't feel as special to have it in the, you know, you got it in the fall. It's the best time. And besides all that, besides what it means for us, it's just would be impossible for the student athletes. Yeah, a little too drawn out. I mean, I do. I would watch it regardless, so that that part wouldn't bother yeah. me. But yeah, <laughs> it, it would be a, it would take a a little bit of the the luster off of it for me. So, you know, since since I do have to live with her, I will say great idea. But uh, <laughs> I will at least pass just to save the family some money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I. It's definitely a great idea. If if the health of the players, you know, weren't an issue, then. Hey, more football, but yeah, you got that. And then, like you said, it's going to be less special. So, and I also would gain about a hundred pounds eating more of those pigs in a blanket. Good point. Good point. All right. No deal. No deal. Sorry, Allie, no. but thanks. Thanks for the pitch. Uh, okay. We have one more outside pitch here. Our last entrepreneur into the tank is the shark's dad with an idea to make college football more fair. Hello, this is uh big Raj. And uh, I'm from San Diego. And my question is, why don't you think they pay college football players a fair salary for uh, all the work they do and all the money they make for the schools and everything? I think I think they should be paid. What do you think of that? All right. So I am investing in this one for sure. But I my counter would be I'd like a seat on the board of directors because I want to rework it a little bit. So obviously there's all sorts of issues with Title IX and taxation and everything if if the schools directly paid the players, but they should be getting compensation. And there's no law against, you know, players being able to make money from their likeness, getting endorsements, commercials, things like that. That's just an NCAA rule. So yeah. I feel like if we let them do that, 
then that's a really good first step to you know a more fair system. Yeah, I'm. A, I completely agree with you, Mike. I I think they should get paid, but it's just you you can't have it be through consistently through all college athletes because if you pay the football players, you're gonna have to pay the every single college athlete, and there's what like fifty thousand of them, and how how are you gonna pay that many people? It's just not gonna work. So the one way you like you could make it somewhat fair is to make be able to make money off of your likeness. So if you're important, you're people are very, if you're very visible, if you're marketable, go ahead and make money off of yourself. Why shouldn't you be able to? You're technically an adult. You should be able to go do that. Anybody else in college can do that, get a job. And so why, why wouldn't college athletes be able to do that? It just seems totally unfair. So at least let them have that. Well, I believe at least at the very least, we could pay the players even an even amount across the board or, and then maybe on top of that, the the in some some of the players get paid for the benefit that the school is profiting off them so getting to use their likeness like their jersey sales what they if they mm-hmm. use them in advertisements or for ticket sales um maybe there's some some contracts that they can work as far as a percentage but i believe um that the players should be paid uh to 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 the degree i'm not going to decide that now but at least more than what they are currently yeah, I think we all agree on that. Yep. All right, so we're all investing then. For sure. Sounds good. And someone smarter than us will figure out like the legality of the Title IX and all There's that. There's so we'll, many moving parts. It's like yeah, we'll, way too much for us to handle. I feel like that's such an easy excuse that, well, the, this this model that we're talking about, which people call the Olympic model with profiting off their likeness, there's nothing wrong with that legally. You know, they can right. do that. So right. I think NCAA should let them do that. But yeah, as far as the next step with the schools... Like I said, someone smarter than us can figure out how to do that. Yep. Um, okay. Well, thanks very much for everyone's pitches. Uh, the Sharks now yeah. have the opportunity to make a pitch. Ryan, you uh, you had an idea? I do. I'll get us going here. I To me, there's this one rule that kind of bugs me. It's the when you're on offense and you fumble the ball through the end zone and it turns into a touchback and the other team gets it out of the 20. That seems like a very harsh rule to me. So my idea to change that would be fumble it through the end zone, you lose the down, and you go back to the 10-yard line. So if you fumble it on second and goal from the two, fumble out of the end zone, it's third and goal from the 10 next time out. That seems like pretty, still a pretty big punishment, but you don't turn the ball over. So what do you guys think? I'm, I'm willing to invest in this, uh, and I think college football needs to adopt this rule. It's just far too harsh to to lose the possession. And in some cases, the defense, they did very little to get rewarded so much. Like the offensive player could, you know, leaps into the end zone, they lose the ball. Or or that offensive player could have run for 50 yards and just so happened they, they happened to fumble out of the end zone. My only change to this, though, is I will invest as long as the offense gets it at the 20 or worse and not the 10. There should be some you know, some sort of punishment, but the 10 might just be still kind of a gift to the offense. Yeah. How about, how about we split the difference? Cause I was, I was with you. I was, I'm okay with, with a bigger punishment for it being fumbled in the end zone than, than the 10 yard line. How about the 15? Can we split the difference here? Put it at the 15. Okay. I can accept, I can accept that. All right. Fair enough. All right. Sounds like we got a deal. Cool. All right. Sweet. Thanks sharks. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. So, <laughs> My idea is to improve Saturdays by not having all the marquee games at the same time. Mm. Uh, it, it just, it doesn't take a czar to figure this out, but it's just far, it happens far too common that we have multiple games at the same time 
that are that could impact the college football landscape, especially in you know when we're talking about the top teams. I find myself flipping back and forth, and if there and if there's a third game, I just I completely miss a game or or crucial plays in the game, and you only focus on one while missing the others. So if they could, if we could manage to spread these out, I think this is an idea that we need to all invest in. I I agree. I'm a hundred percent investing in this idea. There's always Usually, I feel like maybe two or three weeks a season where it's a major issue where the first half of the day, there's like no good games. And then suddenly there's, like you say, two or three on at the exact same time. So obviously, there's a lot of issues here, but I I feel like it could happen. You know, they have the NFL has the flex games, so they're able to work it out. And I'm sure you'd have to have the networks, the competing networks work together and come to compromises. But I think we can do it. I think yeah, we should. That's the issue is just having the competing network somehow come out, come up with a solution. Cause you know, if you got Fox and ESPN and CBS all vying for a, a primetime spot, how do they, how are they going to work that out? But I mean, it's, it's a no brainer for fans that we need this to happen because we miss too many important games and too many important plays. Uh, so this is a hundred percent. We're all investing in this. Awesome. Okay. All right. So my pitch is to require color commentators to take a class that teaches them that a few things that first it isn't always a good idea to quote take the points and that another big one that punting on fourth and short at midfield or in opponent territory is often the wrong thing to do because with all these game theory decisions color commentators are the worst i i don't know why because the rest of the college football world is kind of caught on to these things and generally know what the right thing to do in these situations is but the announcers, they always want to punt. They always want to take the points. They always want to, quote, stay in the game, even when common sense might say they should go for two. So yep. I think uh, they need a class. Oh, I am 100% investing in this. And the, the one thing you just kind of said at the end there, it's like where if a team's down 15, they score a touchdown with like six, seven minutes left, you know, the other, the announcers will, or even maybe even less, they'll even, yeah. doesn't matter how much time, but late in the fourth quarter right they'll say to kick the point you got to extend the game and if they don't get it they're like see now 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 it's over now you 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 just ruined it you could have been in the game it's like well now you know you got to score twice still so you can actually make adjustments but yeah it's so many times you think throughout a game and you hear these color commentators you know former professionals former players it's like how do you not know in this situation what's the right thing to do it's just kind of baffling sometimes some of the things they say it's but so i'm 100 percent investing I'm 100% investing in this idea also with the fact that not just because of some of the metrics that you guys talked about, but some of the times like, for instance, you're watching the game and, and you, you say to yourself, man, I, I could be doing this. Like they're not even, they're not even dressing what they should be talking about. For instance, like <laughs> an example where if there's like a replay. They're not even looking at a certain aspect of the replay that they should be focusing on. Like, oh, totally. That's foot's, a good point. The foot's in bounds, but they're only looking at the catch. Or, or certain, there's certain, there's certain pieces throughout the game where you you'll sit there and watch, and you're like, why aren't they talking about this? Yeah. Why aren't mm-hmm. they addressing this? So, just a, a general course in in having so that our color commentators are as good as possible. I'm on board with. I'll invest in that. All right, sweet. And and I guess I don't know who will have teach the course. I guess we got to have. Got to have like a Bill Connolly or someone, someone, the numbers guy to explain that aspect of it. And then maybe there's who's the best color commentator that could maybe just ooh help help out. I mean, Kirk Herbstreet's not he's yeah, pretty good. Kirk seems pretty solid these days. Her, yeah, he's pretty savvy. Um, but yeah, someone you got to love Gary Danielson. Am I right? 
Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that's it. That'll do it for the College Football Bros podcast. Thanks again to Sarah and Allie for, I presume, paying us tons of compliments. Yeah. Can't wait to listen to that. And as always, we will be back next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.